0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends of all ages. We are all the way to Pearl Jam, episode five, Spin in that Black Circle. My name is Nino. We got a blizzard out here in Seattle. I can't believe it. So we are indoors doing some sweet podcasting, talking about our favorite band. And as with me, as always, is going to be the Han Solo to my Chewbacca. His name is Wes. He's freezing himself off out there somewhere in the Midwest. How are you doing, brother?
1: Doing great, doing great. I am getting cold. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, it's it's Arctic freeze right now in the Midwest. So we're seeing negative ten right now. And I lived in Seattle for a long uh, for quite a few years, uh, and we didn't get a lot of snow when I was up there, maybe once a year. So you guys got what ten inches? I think. Oh 10, yeah, or we're a over foot of snow.
0: But the snow don't stop the flow of PJ Rockin'. You know what I'm saying, brother? Oh, and if you didn't catch my uh, double entendre in my opening that was semi-weak this time, you know, my favorite um, Star Wars episode is Episode 5. So I have been waiting for this one. That would be Empire Strikes Back for all you novices. So that's why I had to throw a little Han Solo Chewbacca your way. That's how much of a Star Wars nerd I am. In addition to being a Pearl Jam nerd, so um, I'm super excited about the topic of the day, and you are the topic master, the king of all things of what to talk about Pearl Jam, so what are we doing this week here, brother?
1: So, it was dropped a few days ago um, about the the two home shows, the second home show uh, in Seattle, um i want to get your take on that i watched that yesterday real quick before we get into the topic okay Uh, i watched it yesterday and it was a little i watched it on and on and you were at both the shows you said so i want to hear your your take on it but um i can definitely tell like this is the first time i saw pearl jam um like up close and personal in a video in quite some time and probably since the 2016 wrigley and i can say you know obviously they are are super good and they still know how to rock and they play for four hours um, but i can see you know i could see that ed and, and the guys are a little you know they're getting more mature uh, this was my A <laughs> little <laughs> long <laughs> in the tooth is I was, what i are trying to say i, I don't <laughs> want to offend anybody but i could say no. like, man these guys you know they're they're obviously doing great but like and they sound great. So I'm not taking anything, I'm not saying they don't sound great, but I could just tell, like, man, these guys, I mean, it kind of aged me a bit. Like I looked at myself in the mirror, I was like, oh no, I'm mid-30s. Like <laughs> you're like, this hair
0: is not growing back. Yeah, Right. <laughs> like, and I was like,
1: man, Ed, like Ed's really trying out there. And I can just feel like he's getting tired. And like, oh no, but hey, they played for four hours, they did a heck of a job. And uh nothing against them. I was that was my one of my first observations observation was. Yeah, these guys are getting a little up there, man. They're getting a up you there.
0: You know, um, it is difficult to see your, your idols, your bands, your actors, your family, your friends, whatever. You know, uh, we can't escape uh, growing age, right? Moving on in years. And it's funny you brought that up because... Again, we have this idea of what Pearl Jam That's it. sounds like in our head from studio tracks, right? And so a lot of times, if you've never seen them live, it's, it's so hard for me to watch these on video because, one, it doesn't do it justice of actually being there, right? And then when you're there in the crowd... And everything's going on and you got fans swirling around you, you know, it will easily mask if people aren't maybe hitting the notes on their instruments or the notes vocally or whatever. So I did notice there were a couple times, you know, where Ed is singing and he's trying to push like when he's doing Oceans, you know, in the very first song and, you know, he's not hitting those high notes anymore. But you know what? I think... It is more than fair. It's Not more that than we fair. we even need to forgive him for for that, but he musically can twist the songs and make it be awesome and still get the crowd rocking. But you can see it, dude, because it's like the crowd isn't 24 years right. old either. Right. Right. So they're you know, when they're the tearing rises. into yeah. like Brain of Jay or when they're tearing into Do the Evolution or whatever, you know, the crowd's jumping. But when I was there, you know, in the stands, you know, people aren't really, like, jumping in their seats. You know what I'm saying? That type Yeah, of crowd I know. Not, Honestly. They're not bouncing anymore.
1: Right. And, and the, the last concert I shot, saw, we spoke about it a few episodes ago, where it was at Wrigley. And I'm, this is probably my own brain, but I was probably rocking the hardest in my section. And I almost felt a little embarrassed. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, people. Yeah, come <laughs> on, guys. What are we doing? This is 1993 um but my the the, the track that, that or the song that, that um that I picked up on where it was Jeremy and I have, I think I've seen Jeremy once live and cuz there's so much aggression in Jeremy especially when he was like ay, ay,
0: ay, ay. yeah and yeah he, yeah
1: and he tried he did that and I could just tell he was just like I don't even want to sing this song like I don't even know maybe I'm sure there's a handful maybe there's half of the songs that Ed doesn't want to sing anymore or like worn out or I wanted that that one was the one that checked in my head I was like I don't know maybe he doesn't uh, I doubt he has the same level of aggression when he sings Jeremy today than he did early in the 90s but that was one that I was like man it feels like maybe he's like I don't really want to do this one
0: Uh, you know I'm gonna do it anyway
1: because it's an iconic song
0: well that's interesting point because I mean he's the dude that's pretty much making the set list anyway right every right. show he'll make the set list he'll get input from his bandmates as far as what they want to play what they're feeling what they're thinking and so i don't know if he if it's not so much that he doesn't want to do it or sing it or he's tired of it you know i i know that what i've seen a lot of frontmen have been doing over the years and we're getting way away from our topic, which is totally fine because people at home, this is how we do. We are free flowing with this. There's going to be times where you're at a live show and you can't quite vocally deliver. And you know what? If you're established and you've been doing it for 20 years and you've rocked people's asses off for that long, you know, in my opinion, you don't have to prove anything anymore, right? If you want to take a sentence off and let the crowd take over... And yeah. so I think what Ed's very savvy with is what he is maybe at the moment can or cannot do because, dude, let's face it. Dude's drinking wine on stage all the time. Wine is not going to hydrate your throat anytime <laughs> soon. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's just going to dry you out, dude, you know? and um, And, you know, he's been partying for 30 years, right? And so
1: yeah do you think
0: he's good when he gets low when his you know he's got that baritone voice and you know when i see you know james headfield and maynard james keenan you know they might sound pretty good in the studio track because they got to hit it like 24 times but live dude you know they're they're not hitting those notes anymore but i don't think they need to
1: and yeah. Do you think there's any arm wrestling in internally at the, in the band? To, like, okay, so their last tour was canceled, European and their North American tour, <clears throat> due to COVID. But do you think there's anybody or any band member that is like, I really want to go tour, or I really don't?
0: Everything I've heard is that you know Jeff prefers not these massive tours. You know, he seems, you know, he's talked about just you know, being kind of like not wanting to travel all over the place and maybe it just kind of loses its novelty, you know, over time. Maybe, or, you know, as you change and as you grow, which is kind of like what's seeming like the way we're talking about in this podcast as things evolve, right? right. We should call this one Do the Evolution, dude, because we're, we're talking about people and how they, how they mature and where they take their artistry. It gets... I think they're getting better. We're never gonna get ten all the way through again. We're never gonna get verses all the way through again, right?
1: Well, this is where I had a hard time yesterday because when I heard when I watched that, I was just like you said earlier. It was like we all have this manifestation that we put in our brain of what these what these are. We've we've idolized these these albums. We've idolized the band and how they look and how they sound and if. If God forbid they don't sound like that, then all of a sudden, then I have this. Just, I'm just being vulnerable with you now. Like, this internal like look at myself, like man, I'm getting old. <laughs> I'm Just gonna say it, like <laughs> yeah, like you, they're you still getting look old. good though, man. You still they're look getting good, old. <laughs> I'm getting old. Like what's happening here? Like that kind of took me back a bit, man. But it is until you like you said until you see something that's complete. Yeah. Like wow, this changed my. I didn't change my perception of Pearl Jam. Didn't none of that. Yeah, it was just more of like, okay, life life is moving, and it life is, is moving. it is
0: shocking because you know when I'm watching it because I've I personally have watched a lot of YouTube videos. I've watched a lot of concerts. I've watched a lot of Pearl Jam concerts, especially over the past ten years. Like anytime there's something new, I'll either have it on while I'm cleaning or doing stuff around the house or whatever. So. When these shows are going on, there's not going to be much emotional variety as far as, like, having this hardcore, you know, like, hardcore music, this total jamming to get people out of their seats as much, you know? I mean, they can do it. And I, I bet if they chose, like, their top, like, seven, eight songs in a row of just, like, killer shredding riff songs, they would raise the roof off of any venue that they're in. Right. But when I'm seeing Ed do more stuff that he's doing now, and he's always been great acoustically. And I know one time we definitely want to talk about, um, into the wild Mm -hmm. and his solo stuff. Right. Right. I think now more of the emotion that he is getting out of the songs and out of the people are with the songs that are definitely slower and deeper. And I was, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. It's so weird you brought it up. I'm like, what kind of music are we going to get in the next two years out of all of these bands that have been not touring, right? You figure yeah, people are writing. You figure people are writing. You figure you, you, figure you would hope That's that right. they're like, I'm sure people are bored as shit. They got their guitar. There's a lot of political they're stuff going songs. on lot of stuff, I mean there's a lot of content out there yeah. to work with. and you know I'm thinking, I'm just like, you know, if if PJ and the boys are writing, I don't know how many killer songs are just gonna be totally shredding and annihilating the drums and the bass and the guitar and like super fast songs. I just don't know if we're ever gonna see no, I think, yeah, another right. album like that. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: And I think I wanted to just, you know, really quickly, you know, I, I texted this last night as I was watching it. Um, the highlight of that show was for me, and I love when they do this, and but it's a slow it's a slower song. It's what they the daughter and typically when they do daughter live, they usually blend in I'm okay or it's okay, which yeah. I love. Which awesome. It's okay. Love, it's okay. Mm -hmm. this time they did daughter wma which i love wma and then it's okay so that was my highlight but it caters everything you just said which maybe even in my life i'm like my some of the favorite parts of of pearl jam shows for me is the first three songs and the last
0: three songs interesting interesting
1: because it's usually it's a the the first three songs are this huge build up You've been waiting all months for this. You've right. You traveled, or you, you got a, you know your friends. You're talking. You're ready. You're getting this a- anticipation. Then it's like okay. Then they walk out, and they'll say, you know everything kind of sets itself. And then the first three songs are usually the slow ones, like you had said. Whether it's release or I think they put oceans and then a nothing man. Yeah, which is such you know which you wouldn't think would be a big crowd riser, but it is. Sure. Uh, but then yeah, so those are like. That's the best. Some of the best parts of, of the Pearl Jam shows, and then of course the, defi- the finale when they're you know kind of you know losing their mind. But that yeah. middle range where they throw in, um, even though I love Brain of Jay, I, I saw that one. It wasn't all that. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, there's a few tracks. that's like, man, I think I, I'm okay with some. In some of the covers that they've been doing, again, I'm not. I didn't write the set list. We have probably an episode talking about set lists. but over in their uh, later years, they've been doing a whole lot more. Uh, covers, and I don't know if they did it at the Wrigley Show, which I think a lot of people were like, well,
0: what are they doing here?" Yeah, but, are you uh, okay with that? I'm okay, you of course. Like, I, I I do like some of the there covers. There are people that don't, dude. There are people who are like, and any show they go to, like, I came to hear music from this band. I don't <laughs> want to hear these my favorite bands doing other people's songs because. If I want to listen to other people's songs, I'll go to that show. Or okay. I'll listen to that CD, right? So, so there are people out there like that, and that's 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 cool too, you know? The,
1: the covers, I, I could probably pass on most of the covers. Um, with exceptions, there's exceptions to that. So I do like Rockin' in the Free World when they play that one. Oh, I do yeah. like, uh, like Sonic Reducer is a cool one when they play... Um, Or um Bab O'Reilly's great. So those are like those are the older ones, but like the newer ones I think they should do with some Tom Petty and and they did a David Bowie cover at the Wrigley show. I was like all right, I'm okay with this. But
0: Oh Wes, come on bro, (laughs) come on, bro. You know what? And here's the thing, it's like I think we're all so hard up to to get back to normal life and, and see anything that you know, if Pearl Jam was like, I'm doing a show in four days. And they weren't doing anything but covers. I'm still there. Oh, yeah. Of course. I think, yeah. Yeah. You know, I would. Yeah. I'm still doing that, even though, you know, you might be pursing your lips the whole time, like, God damn it, dude. When am I going to get <laughs> I'm life? not. Okay. I'm not
1: positioning <laughs> on it. I'm just saying, if I had my dreaders, I would probably have less. Even though they'd only play like three or four covers. So it's not a. They don't. It's not half the set list, but.
0: Right, right. But one of the you other know.
1: highlights, and oh, go ahead, sorry. You no, lost. no,
0: please keep going, keep going. Other, one
1: of the other highlights is they've been, you know, at any Pearl Jam show, and this kind of leads into our topic today, is a lot of people go there because we know the set list is going to be different, right? We know the set list is going to be some B side tracks, man. And some of the B side right. tracks are some of my favorite ones um they played footsteps which i absolutely love um they played that at the show at the seattle show um yeah and um they usually play state of love and trust um so there's a lot of great songs that they play live that you can only really most uh, some novice pro jam fans wouldn't even know of
0: so you know i guess my question and and i was thinking about this is that Is there a song or songs that is, as you would say, a B-side, right? Not on a typical studio album or a rare cut or whatever that maybe you've heard over the years or you hear at a show that you would think was on a studio album or is not a B-side? I mean, is there something, you know, of a song that's so good that you're like, this isn't a B side because I hear him play it at shows all the time. Or no, it's gotta be on a studio yeah. track. Do you ever There's like, a million of hear these. a song like that? Yes. I'll because give you I'll give, that all the, all the time. Yeah,
1: I'll tell you right now. It's it's Yellow Lead Better, of course. Um, shockingly okay. never met a <clears throat> never was released on 10. State Eleven Trust, again, State Eleven Trust is probably one of my top five Pearl Jam sh- uh, songs. And that, we're we're saying this is after uh, this is original release, so this wouldn't be like the redux um, um, alone and hold on for sure are um, some of these other t- um, item or in, in breath that we shocked why these wouldn't be on a. how could these not get on a, a studio album
0: maybe that's how awesome they are dude yeah it's and, like you can make a whole sweet studio album off of b-sides and they can make a bajillion dollars like you could and, and
1: bands would bands would would say how would love to have state of love and trust and that would be their best song they've ever made but <laughs> right. it never even hit a studio album it's, it's crazy
0: so that that is one for me because when i've heard that so i i love anything grunge time you know, at, at the heyday, so yeah, one singles, of man, is, and singles, exactly, they <laughs> We're totally on the same page. So, um, love that album, love the movie, um, and so stuff that I would hear in there, whether it's Alice in Chains or whatever, you know, I'm like, God, this is like the perfect song to for the scene in the movie, and I'm like, oh, it must be on one of their albums, but right. it's not, yeah, you know, one. Yeah, Yellow Leadbetter is one. However, that's another song that I remember when I first heard that. My buddy Ryan back in the day, he's like, you like Pearl Jam, right? And I'm like, yeah, duh. And he's like, okay, well, I have this song. And I've never heard it before. And he's playing me Yellow Leadbetter. And I'm just like, what is this song? I'm like, the guitar is so great. It's great. I don't understand one word. Any word he's saying. That Ed is saying. However, we listened to it like eight times in a row. And this, this, this bro of mine, he's, he's not a huge PJ fan, but this song kind of spoke to him. And so I just remember the first time I heard that, I was like, this is really cool, but it's, it would be nothing you'd ever really kind of hear on a, uh, on the radio. You know what I'm saying? No, of course not. And I was like, so that, that was one, but, um, I think one that really stood out to me that I always have heard and I'm like, Oh no, it's totally on a studio album is uh hard to imagine.
1: I love hard to imagine.
0: It's so good, dude. You know what I'm <laughs> it saying? It is so good. It is absolutely so just, good. It's just an amazing song. It's just great lyrics. It's pertinent to what's going on in today's world. But that I'm just like, this is a b-side really right there's no way this could be a b-side because it's like it kicks ass you yeah. know what i'm saying right
1: so Pearl jam of course released their their b-side tracks you know lost dogs and yes. and i remember i was probably a junior in high school and i just came out and i was like what is this right this is just some these are throwaways and yeah. then and then you you hear footsteps or hard to imagine and it's like wow and you think, like the same thought, it's like, how could this not have made an album? Could, it could have been anything, but Hard to Imagine is on there. Footsteps is on there. You wash. Uh, but then you have some kind of cool, some really kind of funky ones, too. You have some um, Don't, Give Me, uh, Don't Give Me No Lip, uh, or you have Let Me Sleep, which I love, Let Me Sleep. It's kind of a fun yeah. one. Uh, and uh, Dirty Frank. I like Dirty Frank. And then a funny one, the Sweet Lou. Have you heard? Have you listened to Sweet Lou a lot?
0: You know, I I listen to Sweet Lou. Um, I like Dirty Frank better, but hit me with your your Sweet Lou. Quote.
1: Well, just that I, you know, I I had heard that song, um, and then I was like, well, was singing this? And uh, yeah, I, I kind of dismissed it first. I was like, this is not Ed, because even on other songs, um, you know, Stone gets the mic a few times. He got on no code of mankind um, but sweet Lou, I didn't even realize Jeff was singing that and then I right. secondly didn't realize until I listened actually listened to the lyrics and he's talking about how much he hates Kareem Abdul Jabbar so like this is pretty cool
0: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> he must have he must have been a fan of a different basketball team where Kareem would just like crush him
1: right his,
0: <laughs> his team all the time cuz it's so, like yeah if you're not a Lakers fan or a Bucks fan from back in the day Kareem was just a nightmare to deal with. So,
1: so you yeah. get on, on, on Lost Dogs specifically, you get, like you said, you get some songs that are always going to be played on a show, whether it's State of Love and Trust or Yellow Lad Better. Um, and then you get songs that are rarely put in there, but I think are fan favorites, like Dead Man, um, Fatal. I like Fatal. So, it's a kind of a nice little, and then of course, they re, redid Brother, which I think is even better than the original, just this, this, the instrumental. Right, but and there's yeah. so many tracks on there, and they, like you said, they could have released both of those uh, in two different kind of genres. It, it makes you wonder what else has been stuffed in the closet uh, throughout the oh, years. Oh, for
0: sure, for sure. You know, um, you brought up some cool tracks, so uh, I'm gonna go back to Dirty Frank for a minute, right? Okay. So, the 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 studio version on Lost Dogs, it, it's good, but hearing that song live especially if you can catch it over the past um, 10, 15 years, it's a total jam band song, right? Sure. Just the... Yeah. You know, that whole thing. Uh So when they busted that out at one of these Gorge shows, at the Gorge and George out here in uh, Central Washington, just an amazing venue... You know, they did it towards the end, and, and Ed's funny. He's like, you know, we've had a lot of great songs. This we, is, done that's a lot right. Fucking, yeah, like, some terrible songs, <laughs> and we're going to play one for you right now. That's right, and yeah. And he into Dirty Frank. Man, the crowd out of that whole show was just gigging the most on that. And I'm like, you know, maybe PJ doesn't need to just totally shred it, but if they get something that's catchy that people can – you know, if people are like, name me a band that people can like dance to. Pearl Jam is not a dance band for me. I don't really dance around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I'm, I'm like, I'm not. I'm not dance. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm it's moving. mostly air guitar for me. I'm moving, but I'm not like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dancing, right? And so, so that one when they do that, that one is just super fun live. They hardly ever do it. Okay, Um,
1: so do you think for you then, kind of pulling this, uh, going full circle on this, do you go into a Pearl Jam show looking to seek out and hopefully play a a B side track that you haven't heard?
0: I used to, for sure. I mean, I was definitely I was in a, I had a a zone I was in at a a point point in time where I was like, I want to try and catch every PJ song, you know, like the song hunters, dude, Mm -hmm. right? You know, you can go on to different websites. You can plug in the concerts you've been to. It'll tell you how many times you've heard, um, how many times you've heard Corduroy versus how many times you've heard Down or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it'll tell you and it'll check off all the different songs. So there was a time I was just like, oh God, how many? Again, I'm not independently wealthy, so it's not like I could follow (laughs) these guys on tour just to hear two b-sides but when they would play stuff that i'd never heard live before i was just like yes this is so awesome we're getting a shiny nugget right? that's it
1: that's it yeah they played you, know? you they played you at the wrigley show which i thought was great yeah um i think they even played undone um i think i've heard that live but you're right that these are some of the highlights um because you, you you've done your whole life or your whole kind of adult, like listening to the studio albums. And then it's kind of like this new fresh, fresh ice cream that you've never had. It's like, oh, yes, this is great. Give me. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought up, to, um, Let's see. Uh, you said, Don't Give Me No Lip. So yeah. I do really like that song. Now, when I first heard that song, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like maybe they're. Doing a cover in and of itself, right? Where it's not a B side and they're covering like another band, like someone else did that because it sounds kind of 50s, 60s, kind yes. of rockish. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like Grammy um, out of control. <laughs> yes, like that. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, you know, that Grammy out of control, that's a very, you know, like surfer song, very, like, very a, Dick, surfer like song. a Dick Dale yep. kind of nod to that kind of feel so for me and i don't know if you've ever had this as well instead of thinking about hey you know what song do you hear all the time that you would think is on a studio album but it's really on a b-side are there songs that you hear from pearl jam whether it's on a studio album and you're like oh this isn't a pearl jam song they gotta be covering some someone else for me don't give me no lip was one johnny guitar is another yeah. one okay when i first heard johnny guitar okay. i was like oh this isn't a pearl jam song this is weird they're throwing a cover and a studio album because it sounds like it doesn't sound like it, well it's them doing it but it doesn't sound like something they would do and the lyrics sound not dated but you know topics and things like that that bands would do in like the 80s or whatever okay like Aerosmith would do this that's
1: or whatever. that's a really interesting yeah you're right it does it you seems know, out of place it seems way out of place
0: it seems out of place right but it's still badass yeah, It's a great song and so uh Leaving Here is another one that's like that so all three of those have kind of this feel of like yeah this is good but man you know I think they're they're paying homage to some band on purpose that I've never heard of before and they're picking something out of their catalog that sounds amazing. So I th- putting their own spin on it.
1: I Does that think, make sense? Yeah. So I think I can answer a few, uh, some of these. So like um, the Grammy out of control. I don't, I really don't know. You're right on that one. Leave uh, here. Like, I think some of these tracks, even one of them that I was going to bring up, which is, I, believe, I guess I wouldn't call it a B side, but it's just it's a song they, they created that never reached a, Uh, a studio but man of the hour like was made for um big fish or even state of love and trust was made for singles and leaving here i think was made for a movie so
0: um
1: so those like man of the hour i would i would have on my list of i love this song but don't know if I'd call it a B-side because it was kind of made for this movie. Same thing with Into of the Wild, but I think leaving here, to answer, try to answer your question, I think it was built for a uh, a movie.
0: Oh, okay. Well then that's probably why. Right? right. Yeah. You know. Um, that man of the hour vibe too, you know. Yeah. That's right. If yeah. you
1: look at, if you look at if you look at some of these songs that were not released on 10, whether it's breath or they love and trust or yo' that better, you know, hold on. Like these are huge monumental songs and could have been, you know, could have been billboard songs. Do you ever think maybe like when they're, you know, when they're engineering the, the album of 10, they're like, okay, we have too much good content here. Let's stash these things away <laughs> for a rainy day when maybe there's some writer's block and say, okay, let's put in this right yeah there had yeah. to have been that conversation because they had to look at each other and it's like wow we got a pretty good album here and then when versus it's like we got more content like then all of a sudden now you get songs like state 11 trust and just you no know, they just play live okay and then they go right. on greatest hits but it's such a weird premise like like i think writing music is probably one of the hardest things ever and for then, sure <laughs> not only like music but lyrics to it and to think you have all these things basically sitting in this treasure chest it's it just reaffirms how how creative and how amazing these guys are could again like have five or six of those songs that any band would just pay millions of dollars for give me that exactly
0: and what an awesome problem to have like if you're that talented that you can you know set that much aside it just makes you know it stands to reason like what other bands have stuff stashed away like dude how many Led Zeppelin songs are there that we've never heard? Like, what is in Jimmy Page's sure. stash, dude? What is in Keith Richards and Mick Jagger's stash? What is in Bruce Springsteen's stash? what uh, What do these guys have set aside? Like, when Jimi Hendrix started releasing all these albums posthumous, like, how many? Jimi Hendrix albums, like, came out after he passed away of, like, all new stuff. I mean, there was, like, at least three, you know? And when I was listening to, like, Land of the New Rising Sun or whatever that album was called, I was like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. And they never saw the light of day. Um, So when are we going to get all that? You know what I'm saying? It's well, like, I'll be greeted right now. I got nothing right. going on with my life. I need some more like new Led Zeppelin.
1: Like And, and get so thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness um, the band was like, all right, we have enough of these, these B-sides or these things on the, on the shelf that we could put together something because we play these songs. Like you said, we play these pro jam plays these songs live all the time. So people know these songs. Right. So I don't know. And then my first question was, Who's making decisions? I know Brendan O'Brien has produced almost I think every one of their studio albums. So, yeah like, yeah who's the jurisdiction on some of these things? I know I think early on it was Jeff and Stone, and then and then I think I mentioned and I think Ed took kind of the creative control and Vitalogy, But like, who would have really had the Stones to say, "No, Yellow Better is not coming on this"? Like, that's crazy to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I again, you know, I've never written a song. I've barely written poetry in my life. I don't know how to create structure of a song to to do it. I'm trying to learn. It's extraordinarily difficult. I don't know anything about making an album, right? Right. Or what what at the time the, uh, you know, people are going to need to create something successful so you can put your best foot forward. I think what's cool with Pearl Jam is that every album has changed over time and they've maybe aside from the first couple albums when they're like, okay, yeah, let's try. It'd be nice to have a career. Maybe let's try and make some money on this. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Let's, let's be a band. Let's do what bands do. And then you got to put your strongest songs out there. It's got to be freeing to take that stance of like, I don't really give a shit. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I think the best artists do that. They don't care how it's going to be received. If it's received great, whatever, if they, people don't like it, it really doesn't matter to them. Like the whole ticket master thing for them. They're going to stand up for what they believe in. They're not going to let people get raked over the coals. If they've got a certain stance, they're going to stand by what they feel. And they're going to, do what they say, right? And if they take that to their songwriting of like, hey man, I don't really care. I can have these on the back burner. I can release it. I cannot release it. I mean, hopefully the power is with the band and you would, how many bands have not had that option? Yeah. Throughout history where maybe they had to put out songs they would have never really ever wanted to do just because that's like, that's what the money maker. the producers want yeah. to do that's yeah. that's what radio needs at the time, so I think we're pretty fortunate. We live in a time where you know people can make these decisions for themselves and now, of course, you've got social media where they can just choose if they want to put stuff out there. you know, like when I was watching Ed do some duets, especially during the pandemic time, right mm-hmm you know, it's given these guys time. I know they must be on stage and they want to reconnect with the people. And that's where they get their thrills, right. Is being up there and given back to the people. But when I was watching this one thing, Ed was doing the song uh, constellations with Jack Johnson. Okay. Who was, I, I can go all over the place with this, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going to try and stay focused here because my brain's going a million miles an hour with all this stuff. It's, um, you know, Ed's in his house. Jack Johnson's in his house, probably in Hawaii somewhere. They're doing the song perfectly at the same time in rhythm with each other. Ed's playing the rhythm. Jack's playing the lead. They're both singing. And how cool is that that we live in a time that we can actually do that and they can see each other and they can create music. Um, We're pretty lucky. And if we can just get more of that selfishly i would love to see something new every week i know these people have lives and families but you know as a fan you know we are living in this
1: well just think about it
0: like society of like how much more can i get i just (laughs) need more (laughs) i think
1: right i think at least uh, i'm assuming for most of them if not all of them but primarily you know ed and i know mike is like mike does some twitter stuff where he like he was calling it like bathroom sessions or something. like That this. was fun. Yeah. Uh, I know. Right. <laughs> or he would just, just play random, just licks. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. And, uh, and Ed, like you said, is doing, is did some stuff for some fundraising things for, he partnered up with uh, Lynn manuel Miranda uh, from Hamilton. Cool. On, yeah. It was very cool uh, for the Georgia uh, runoff election stuff. And, um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, he's, the band's been doing this for 30 years and they've been touring almost religiously throughout that time. I mean, they're probably itching just as bad as we are to, 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 to to be creative and to feel that energy again. I, I mean, this goes back to the first episode. Like I thought they were probably on the back end of their, their touring life uh, back in 2005. And this is now 2021. And they're probably, I know they've got, Europe, I think back on, uh, on the, in the queue that's, for, for this summer. Um, yeah, but I mean, bad. I don't say again, I, I don't think they're done, but um, it's just great. Cause they obviously love playing and they love being creative. And like you said, I only I can only imagine like that Ed's writing some stuff right now Oh yeah, that is oh, yeah, going to be great or maybe it's not, I don't know. I was a little bit of a critical uh, with, with Gigaton as it first came out but the more i listen to it the more i'm kind of softening up to it but um
0: but <laughs> that's totally your style dude you're like it i is, don't know about it is this. we had i
1: had i think mean, you and i had some some angry texts back and forth when that first release because like, <laughs> like you touched on it like the of clairvoyance like that is like completely unique to like anything in the put this thing back on what the shelf no
0: I know you were like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. And I was just like, well, it definitely has like, like I remember the first night plugging that thing, you know, I was on at like midnight right away whenever it was released, just waiting for it. And I, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, what the hell (laughs) is going on in the world right now? These guys have lost their minds. Right. Yeah. But I kept playing it and I kept playing it and I'm like, I started kind of gigging to it, you know? And, you know, now everyone's like, yeah, it has that talking Heads vibe, which I, I totally got that right away. I'm like, why does he sound like David Byrne, you know, and, <laughs> and which is weird, but it's so cool to, to be able to love a band that they're,
1: they're not inspirations, afraid
0: of, yeah, their inspirations are so varied, yeah. right? <clears throat> Super varied. And, um. And I think that the more, you know, you used to get worried back in the day if like, you know, someone from your band is playing with another band or doing something with someone else. And that must mean that they're not happy with their band. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just like, you know, I am a big Soundgarden fan. So when I heard that Matt Cameron was like going to start playing for Pearl Jam, I'm like, fuck, Soundgarden is over, dude. Like, come on. They're like. 30, come on why is this over why what is going on you know and then you saw chris move on to do stuff in Audio Slave, that's which right I totally love and i'm just i like, probably okay. like Audio Slave
1: more than soundgarden to be honest
0: you know what we God, damn it, dude. Okay. <laughs> we need to talk about some stuff after this okay. and uh but um yeah when they started pulling like talking heads kind of vibe And then when I saw, like, Ed doing stuff with, like, Cat Stevens and all these different people from, like, all over the place, I'm just like, man, how cool is it to have your guy, your leader of your band, be able to do so many different things so well? I mean, we're pretty fucking lucky, dude, that, like, Ed Bed's our guy and he's in our band our band like we're (laughs) in the band you know what i'm saying like we like we really have any part of this right we got him yeah we like to think we do (laughs) and um i just think of how much respect you know ed has now with these people that he's looked up to it's got to be surreal dude how you can be like a huge fan of the who and then you're lucky enough one night to be on stage with them then you develop a relationship with these guys and then you know, Ed can now probably, if he wanted to throw a benefit show, sure. he could call up Bono and fucking Chris Martin yep. and anybody, and they'd be there in a heartbeat to to like do like the show of all shows. I mean, that just kind of shows me like how humble he is and how cool he is. He's not trying to be this mega rock star. He's just he's himself. People like his the way he is. You know, he's a good dude. He treats people right. And he gives a shit, you know? So, dude, we are all over the place on this yeah. podcast. So what closing, is going on? Help closing, me. Help me get back.
1: Closing <laughs> thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I am definitely one of those people that enjoy and and really um, hope to, to catch one of these these. these kind of random B side tracks that shows. So, yes. uh, so just to confirm that. So yeah, if I were to find a, a way to, to, see dead man or drifting again, I saw let me sleep and see how You were at that show with me. I thought it was really awesome. Yes. Um, maybe even like a real slow down, even slower, slower down, uh, footsteps, maybe just Ed, uh, that would be
0: pretty, pretty gnarly too. But so you, we, I wanted to go to this foot now. There's a whole debate. You got footsteps. Okay. And then you got seasons, right? Which is Chris Cornell singing his solo with the same guitar riff. Okay. Are you on aware? Temple of this? The, on Temple of the Dog. I don't even know. Honestly, seasons is not on Temple of the Dog, um, it's just his own solo.
1: Okay. Deal. Interesting. Okay, right. so I know oh. that Stone wrote those that riff, right? And originally had it for Temple of the Dog. And it's yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the um the song it is. Um but then that was one of them and hopefully we catch this, we catch this topic on another podcast, but that was one of the songs that the 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 music the instrumental was kicked down to Ed when he was basically auditioning to dub over his lyrics. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, this is an iconic song for sure.
0: So because for me, dude, I do love footsteps, but I, I think I like, I like seasons more and it's the same guitar. It's the same, it's the same setup. It's the same arrangement. And that's pretty cool that you got, people that are great friends and they'll be like yeah let's share the same music you write your words over this i'll write my words over this it's just an interesting dynamic i don't you don't really you don't really see that ever i can't even really think of another another song it except when i'm starting to see like the foo fighters put they, they do mashups. They do two songs. Now, Chris Cornell does a lot of this as well. He, he's pretty famous for taking um, the uh, song one from Metallica and the song one from U2 mm. and mashing them together. So what's crazy It's he's doing the instrumental from U2's one, but he's singing the lyrics of Metallica. Wow. And if you've never heard that dude, it is so awesome. Okay. So Foo Fighters are taking the instrumental from, uh, uh God, Lennon, Lennon from the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. John Lennon. He's taking. They're taking the guitar, or the excuse me, the uh, piano from that from John Lennon's Imagine, and they're putting the lyrics to Van Halen's Jump on it and it is so awesome dude okay like so these mashups you know i mean are are really pretty cool i I don't see pearl jam doing any of that but this whole season's footsteps dynamic okay
1: i'll check it out
0: it's an interesting thing so man i got so much more but we are way over time so to all of our faithful listeners all you in the maybe just a few dozen we love you out there <laughs> hopefully we'll get some more but you know for us Wes it's all about us doing our thing right Tom, just uh, like Tom, Pearl Jam Tom, does we're That's doing right. our thing if people like it we love it if people don't like it thanks for giving us a try we appreciate stay safe out there everyone and we got an awesome show coming up next week take care
1: Wes see you buddy
0: hi man